Rebecca, can I just say that when she turned around in the office, I think I actually screamed like out loud. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you have got to be. It felt like it felt purposeful that last one. <laughs> I was like, okay, this isn't just a weird wardrobing choice anymore. Like, you're making a serious decision. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season three episode of the show titled Both Sides Now. And since we don't have any news this week, other than the fact that there is a giant hiatus awaiting us, <sighs> <laughs> but don't worry, Supergirl Radio has got you covered. We will have some fun episodes coming up to hold you over, and we're all going to get through this hiatus together, but that's really the only news that we have. So let's just get right into the discussion of the episode titled Both Sides Now. And here is the official description. Quote, the DEO captures a second world killer, Purity, guest star Chris Marshall. Supergirl and Alex use very different methods of interrogation with Purity in the hopes of finding out how to defeat Rain. However, Purity escapes and attacks the city's subway tunnels. Meanwhile, Jean, Wynne, and Monel band together to fix the Legion ship, unquote. And I kind of feel like this description left out a really important person in the fixing of the ship, uh, but we'll get to that uh, when we get to it, uh, because I think Emra should have been mentioned in there, because she was tinkering around in that ship. Yeah, she was there, too. She was doing things. It wasn't just a bro out <laughs> fixing the ship. <laughs> I would like to think that Emra is the reason that they fixed it. I think she was the clincher to fixing that ship. I think that's accurate. That seems right. <laughs> Uh, but we'll, we'll get to the Monel stuff in this episode a little bit later. So let's first start talking about Purity, this new world killer we have been introduced to. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about getting to meet Purity slash Julia Freeman? I liked her. I really like the actress who is uh, is playing Purity um, slash Julia. I think she's, she's doing a really good job. And when she is uh, Purity, she is really scary. Like, she is, like... It, like psychologically tough like she's getting in your head and like pinpointing your weakness and I, I thought that was like 
kind of even more chilling than some of the other stuff that we've seen because she like basically took one look at Alex and was like, I'm just going to like take you down emotionally, which was so rough. to It was so rough to, to watch that Kara basically completely flips her opinion about whether or not she can be <laughs> saved. She's like before she's like, no, no, no I know that there, I, I feel like there's a good person inside of her. And after that, she's like oh, what did you just say to my sister? And, like, she just starts taking her earrings off. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got to be pretty bad uh, to get Kara to be like, you know what, maybe you can't be saved because you're real nasty. <laughs> uh, but, no, I really liked her. And I liked that moment early in the episode where they come, like, bursting into the house and she's singing, what is it? Is it, like, Lisa Loeb? Lisa Loeb's uh, Stay, parentheses, I Missed You. Uh, Close yeah. parentheses. That's very important. The parentheses are very important to that title. <laughs> the, the parentheses are really, um, they really make the title. <laughs> but as like, a, like as somebody who uh, listened to a lot of like Lisa Loeb in the 90s, I really appreciated it. I was like, oh, Lisa Loeb, memories. <laughs> Lisa Loeb is great. Don't knock, don't knock uh, Lisa Loeb. She's good times. I mean, Lisa Loeb is, is honestly for every time. Yes. But really her 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 zenith was probably somewhere in the 90s that's true when that song was big it was big it was inescapable <laughs> very catchy song i tried to learn to play it on guitar once and uh confession i am no lisa Loeb. let's just say that <laughs> she is a much better musician than me um but i would agree with you about purity she really dug into Alex. I think she she tried to mess with Kara a little bit because she's like, oh, you think I care about humans because you do. She got into to Kara a little bit, but she really dug into Alex and it made Alex cry. Yeah. That's what really got me is that, you know, Alex is pretty tough and she's pretty tough emotionally. She knows that the purity is nobody to mess with that she 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 basically knew immediately that this person this world killer was probably faking it was probably not who she said she was and she went after her and i don't think she expected that emotional turning uh on herself because uh, the the dialogue that really got me was that she says uh purity says to alex you want to hurt me because you're hurt you want me weak because you're weak and then she says someone cuts something out of you and you feel the hole every day a hole you dug in yourself and that was that was that was some stuff because that is actually kind of true because alex is the one who broke up with Maggie. And so I guess in some respect, that is true what Purity is saying, but she took it to the nth degree. Like, uh, Alex was already feeling lonely, she was already feeling sad about Maggie, and that stuff just cut her right to the heart. And I, I like the, the way that they've been playing the Alex post-breakup stuff. I think it's been... Like, not overwhelming to the episodes, but sort of a, like a through line in every single episode. So that when you hit her with something like that in this episode, you remember, you know, last episode when she got the text from, or I think it was last episode when she got the text from Maggie, uh, or the episode before. And, um, you know, how, how upset she's been these last couple episodes. It's just sort of been underground. So, like, when she she hits her you kind of think that like you know alex is kind of trying to get over it and she seems like she's better but she's not really all that better i think that kind of presents itself as like the way 
she goes at her so hard. Like you can kind of tell, like sometimes when people are like lashing out at you, it's because something is happening bad in their life. And so, yeah, I, I was, uh, I liked the way that purity sort of clocked her almost immediately and just like went for that weak spot. It was brutal. I think this is probably a good time to possibly bring up uh, the, differences in how Kara and Alex went about interrogating purity and trying to get answers. What did you think about the their different approaches to trying to get that information? For the first time in possibly the entire time I've, I've watched this show, I was a little irritated with Alex uh, for part of this episode because she just kind of came in guns blazing, like didn't wait for any, like didn't wait to kind of feel out the situation it kind of felt like she es- if anything she escalated the situation because car was sort of have like was sort of getting through to julia and she seemed like she was maybe not going to turn into a world killer and it was sort of alex jumping the gun like pun maybe intended <laughs> that <laughs> that that sort of flipped that switch um so I yeah I I but I liked the way that they played the like their difference of opinion. It wasn't a full out fight, but the way uh, the subtle way in the beginning of the episode where Carr just kind of keeps looking over at Alex and just not looking happy. She's like not saying anything, but you can just feel it radiating off of her that she's like like what did why did you do it that way? What did you do? And and I liked I think that Alex did have some points which is that you know, this person is very dangerous and they don't know anything. Like they don't know what we know as the audience that like Samantha and rain are coexisting in the same person. So that Julia and purity are, have probably the same situation. All she knows is that rain nearly killed her sister and that these people are dangerous. So I, I liked the way that they sort of played out that dynamic between the two of them. And then when you do see Kara, flip and then at the end of the episode you see Alex flip the other way um and help talk like try to talk Julia down I I I really liked the way that they played that um that conflict but it wasn't over the top it wasn't like two people yelling at each other yeah it was conflict but I think at some points in the episode they both saw each other's point of view and perspective and they both tried the other the other one's way to see what would happen. And I did like it the way it resolved itself in the end that when Supergirl is basically in a headlock and Purity is choking her and and even Supergirl in that moment is like, Julia, I know you're in there. Stop. Don't hurt me. (laughs) You know, like, let let me go. And and that's when Alex comes in and, and starts to really believe that maybe Julia can be saved and come out of out of purity. So I, I thought that was nice because in, in the end, they teamed up together with a, a united purpose and a united goal to try to help Julia. So I thought that I thought that, that was really nice, the way they uh, approached it from optimism versus cynicism, and they, they somehow came and met in the middle. And I can understand the frustration with Alex, but I also think that not only was it her her loneliness and her sadness about Maggie, not only was it the fact that Rain beat the living crap out of her sister, Rain and the world killers have come after Alex. Like, Alex got 
her her yeah, her, t- her tibia broken or something. You know that could not have felt good. She has had her leg messed with. I think in this episode she had some bruised ribs and uh, what else happened to her? She <clears throat> she got physically hurt. And so I don't know if I'm Alex. I'm like, all right, bring it. You want to keep coming? <laughs> you want to keep coming after me and trying to fight me? Let's do this. So I think she is. She has a lot of reasons to go after the world killers as hard as she is. Um, but I think her her major motivating factor is because she knows what these these world killers have done. At least one of them has done to Kara. And I think the big sister in her is kicking in. So in some respects, I actually liked that. I thought that that was cool because it was neat to see Alex really um, step up and try to be that big sister for Kara and look out for her, even though she she might have went a little too far in some in some respects. And I think that bit her in the end because she did get that emotional stuff thrown in her face. So maybe she learned a little bit from that. But I, I, I liked seeing... Um... And Alex, that's a little bit more like fallible and a little bit more emotional. Like, I think you like watching the episode. At, we as an audience know about the that Julia is probably just you know is is not just a facade of purity, but an actual person. So you can cut as you're watching her, you're kind of going, oh no 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 no. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I like that because Alex, I think uh, by and large, Alex is right a good amount of the time. Like Alex is, is pretty together. Um, there's a reason why, like if you're in an emergency situation, probably Alex is your first call. Like she knows what she's up to. She knows what she's about. But uh, I, I like that, that there's so much stuff going on in her life that she's like a little off. And, and it was kind of n- actually nice seeing her be like, not a hundred percent wrong, but, but a little bit wrong this, <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Alex Danvers can't always uh, know all the answers. <laughs> That's why I think the Danvers sisters are a good team is because they, they sort of make up for the other one's weakness and the other one's uh, uh, faults. They can kind of fill in that gap where they need it the most. So I thought that that was on a uh, great display in this episode. Um, and just to kind of wrap things up with Purity and Julia, I had a question about that, about her dual identity, because Purity talks about how there never was and never will be a Julia Freeman. She says that Julia Freeman is just, quote, a character description, unquote, which I thought was pretty meta for the show. <laughs> that they said it was just a character description because we did read the character description when it was announced that she was going to be on the show. And she ta- and uh, Purity talks about how masks were necessary until the cosmic alignment of forces came to pass. Um, so, Morgan, what, what do you make of that? Do you think that there really was... Uh, a Julia Freeman who did care about her friend and uh, who tried to save her life. And there was something about her that maybe did enjoy being at the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Conservatory, that kind of thing. Or do you think she really was just putting on a mask until the time came for her to, uh, you know, have a sonic scream and, and bust windows? <laughs> Yeah, we ha- I feel like we have to talk about how cool the sonic scream was. That was <laughs> that was really neat. Yeah, and I don't think that that is uh, a power that the world killers have in the comics. I also don't feel like that's a- that's from anything. <laughs> the only world killer I think she sort of resembles is Diamax, who has super strength and vulnerability and uh, is involved in mass terrain dis- destruction. 
There was a little bit of that with the subway tunnel. Is that the one that looked like the bear? <laughs> yeah, kind of like a like a mix of a bear and a dog, maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah. Or or maybe like a panther. What if she comes in the next episode? Um, she comes in like a giant fur coat, and then Lena comes in an even bigger fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a sight to behold. It really would. Uh, but the other ones, like Perilous, uh, she, she's big into poison, virus generation and dissemination. Also, population extinction, which is a big one. Uh, Flower of Heaven uh, is involved in energy creation and manipulation, uh, flight and planetary systems overload. So that doesn't really, those don't really kind of fit in with uh, Purity's abilities. So I think they're um, playing more with the the liberties that they can probably, you know, mix mix in there with the world killers that they want to show on the show. So uh, that was definitely new uh, for the world killers is her big sonic scream. And the way it was displayed uh, was very interesting, too, because it almost looked like it stopped people from doing things. Like it almost made them freeze in their place. How cool was it when um, Kara froze like that doorway? to uh, save them from the scream. I thought that was a really neat use of her powers. Very cool. And she teamed up with Martian Manhunter who phased through it. And then she did a little tap, tap. And all the <laughs> ice broke. That was that was pretty cool. Didn't take much for her to break that wall of ice. But yeah, I'm, I'm just very confused about the dual identities because I I think there there was a Julia in there who, who tried to come out. Yeah, I think so too because... I think if you think that there was no Julia, then does that mean that there's... Because there very clearly seems to be a Sam. So, I mean, the Sam that we've seen is not an act. She clearly has no idea about Rain, and she's having these blackout spells, and she doesn't know about what her alter ego is doing. It's not like... It's not even like a sleeper agent thing. It's like she, it's a Dr. and Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of situation. So I feel like it's, uh, Julia was the same. Like there was a Julia, just like there is a Sam. Um, but there's some sort of like split consciousness where one takes over and the other one kind of submerges. Uh, and it did seem kind of like, uh, I think that bears out in this episode when Julia pops back at the end of, um, during that battle in the, what was it, the train station? Like the subway station? Yeah, it was like a subway tunnel. Yeah. Um, I think that if there was no Julia, then Julia would have just been gone as soon as uh, Purity felt like it wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't advantageous to have that disguise anymore, but she pops back up. Uh, and almost ruins Purity's plan. So I think, that, I mean, there's a, I think that there is a separate identity in there. So maybe Purity was just being really cocky. I think Purity was just being like a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I don't have feelings. I don't care about people. What are you talking about? Yeah, when she's like, when she's like, oh, my roommate was so clingy. And then like, you could tell she's like, I love my roommate. <laughs> she whispers under her breath, roomies for life. And like, you're like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> what was that? What was that you just said? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it is uh, a similarity in into what uh, Sam and Rain, what that dynamic is. But it seems to be more more out in the open with Julia and, and Purity. Um, and it's just, it's really sad to watch this stuff. I, I, I think it is. Just because when uh, Rain comes into the subway tunnel and 
Julia, I think Julia makes this choice that she says, no, take me, don't take Alex. Again, Alex was under Rain's boot, <laughs> oh, literally Alex. under her boot. <laughs> I really hope at the end of the season, Alex gets to go on like a tropical vacation. <laughs> I hope she gets to like punch Rain one good time. Just one good punch. <laughs> I know Sam is in there somewhere. But man, would that be uh, satisfying, I think, on behalf of Alex, that she would just get to take her down once. She's like, this is for my doctor's bills. <laughs> <laughs> this is for all of my recovery time. This is for you beating up my sister. And this is for that time that that other world killer made me cry. Uh, I'm taking you down. <laughs> this is for that, especially. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I really, I was very moved by the fact that Julia would give herself up in order to save Alex, who was in that position with Purity earlier in the episode where Purity was really going after her emotionally. And here was the Julia part of her who wanted to save Alex. So I thought that that was really nice. And she she goes with Rain willingly, sacrifices herself, goes back to the Fortress of Sanctuary and doesn't want to become Purity. She does not want to be turned into this world killer. And it's just, it's so sad because like, it almost seems like they don't have a choice. And yet somehow Kara and Alex can try to get it out of them. They can try to get the real people, the, the, the almost the humanity of them to come out. And I think that's at the end of the episode, they're like, how are we going to win? And, and Kara says, you know, we got to save them. So hopefully, um, Hopefully their tactic of saving them instead of beating them is going to be something that maybe helps these these women uh, just because it's 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 almost torture to watch just because I just feel so bad for them. Yeah, it is. It's really rough. I, I, I mean, it's it's some rough stuff that they're doing this season, but I like it. <laughs> it's that good kind of uh, drama that you hate it for the characters, but you're like, wow, this is good. This is a good story. Yeah, it is. This is some good tension. I like this. Um and so speaking of the world killers, I guess, let's talk about Sam and Rain, because we had we had a lot of questions uh, about this topic, and we especially had one from a listener named Annika, who asks, do you think Lena has found out Samantha's secret? So there's that scene at the end, Morgan, where Lena is talking to Samantha, Samantha gets the red eyes glowing, and Lena has a look at her, but do you, do you think that she can see the red eyes, or is that just something for the audience? I think that she can see the red eyes. I don't know that that I don't. Yeah, I, I had that same question. Like, does has she figured out the secret? I was thinking because she mentioned something about like, when was this other time that you blacked out? If she's going to like look at all the times that Sam can remember she blacked out and then compare that against all the times that I mean because that's a pretty easy one that's a pretty easy uh I don't know like excel spreadsheet that you can make <laughs> <where> it's like, <laughs> well, it's like it's, it looks like you blacked out on Friday at about three o'clock and weirdly at 3 15 rain <laughs> showed up on a rooftop sh somewhere and I'm just you do look kind of alike here put on this <laughs> She hands her a Mardi Gras mask and she's like, could you just put this on for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I need to confirm something. But um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure because she did say something about and I can't remember the exact line, but it was something about like trying to figure out uh, w uh, something about when her blackout times occurred. And I, so that's what I thought immediately was like, oh, she's just going to kind of figure out based on when Sam remembers these blackouts happening that rain 
suddenly showed up at the same time. But the I, I do think that she saw the red eyes, but I'm not sure that that she she does say that she thinks she figured it out. So I don't know. Or maybe she just thinks that she's an alien or that she has powers. Yeah, she does. Lena does say to her, I know what's wrong with you. I'm going to make you better. So she, I guess Lena has an idea of maybe what she thinks is going on with Sam. But I don't know if she's jumped to the, you are definitely Rain the world killer who beat up Supergirl. I don't know if she's gotten there yet. But I think she might be the the person who starts to figure some of this stuff out. Um, and I thought it was really uh, telling that when <laughs> Lena goes to pick Ruby up from the ice skating rink, uh, because I hate it for Ruby. Ruby's mom just ditched her. Like, she picked her up from school. They're like, hey, we're going to play hooky and go ice skating. And Ruby's like, hey, this is awesome. And then her mom just ditches her to go become this evil villain and destroy stuff and threaten people. And Ruby's all by herself at this ice skating rink. Thankfully, she could call Lena. And Lena and all of her uh, her furry-coated uh, glory came to that, which I guess is fitting for an ice skating rink. It probably helped because it's cold in there. I was about to say, Lena, Lena really does dress for any situation that you could possibly throw her in. She's ready, she's ready to go to the quarterly meeting. She's ready to go to the ice skating rink. You can throw her anywhere. She's always prepared. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, hold on. I've got a scarf, mittens, a hat. <laughs> Just pulling stuff out. So I, I did like that at least Lena was able to be there for Ruby. So I I, I thought that their conversation was uh, really interesting because Ruby tells uh, Lena, she says, sometimes she's uh, she's a completely different person. So I'm hoping that Lena maybe took that in to think about later uh, what that might mean. But it does seem like hopefully Lena will be able to figure something out. Yeah, it does seem like she's uh, she's definitely on the case. <laughs> yes. Uh, if she hasn't like a, a completely 100% figured out like the whole story, I think that she is in going in the right direction probably just from like all of the information that she's she's gotten and getting to see basically seeing her like phase into that like half evil rain personality for a split second which was pretty uh pretty freaky to watch actually yeah i think odette did a really good job of going in and out of that it was very convincing uh for me that she did that and the way she came out and she it just looked like she had no idea what had just happened uh, I, I thought that was some actually some pretty good acting from odette there and um i also liked getting to hear more about uh the first meeting between Sam and Lena and how they uh, got to meet each other and know each other and how Sam came to work with Lena. So it was good to have that backstory there. Yeah, I really like that backstory because it does. It did kind of feel like at the beginning of season three that she popped up out of nowhere and there was never really any explanation for who she was or why she was taking over the company. So I, I really liked that backstory of like, oh, okay, so she acquired her company and that's how they know each other. And she sort of like rose up into a, like a leadership position. Like that made more sense to me. I, I, I liked getting that background. And it was nice to have that background in that scene where... Sam really wants to still be, you know, doing all of the L Corp stuff and being in charge. And Lena, like, I think uh, that for Lena, that was a double sort of a double sided um, issue for her because she wants Sam to sort of take care of herself 
and figure out what's going on with her. But she also kind of wants back into Elcorp. I think all of those people be uh, telling her that she doesn't shouldn't try to make herself be the next cat grant has kind of made her want to go back to her her origins at Elcorp. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And I also like the idea that Lena is a good friend to Sam and she's like, hey, I know things are real stressful right now. So I'm just going to come in here. I'm going to do your job. You can go and hang out with your daughter and have some time off. I thought that was actually really nice. That was that was a a, 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 a physical palpable way for Lena to help her friend as she was going through this, you know, it's it's one thing to be like, hey, let me know if I can do anything. And it's another thing to be like, no, I'm doing this. I'm going to help you with this. This is something that I can do. I can lighten your stress load by helping you with this position and, and letting you do something. So, you know, Lena has proven herself to be a good friend. She has. I have to say that. I have to give her that. Um, and so before we wrap up on Sam and Lena, because I know we were both cackling over, <laughs> I know we mentioned just briefly the furry coat that she had on. Is there anything that you would like to contribute to this uh, Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom section of the podcast? Oh, my God. So when she turned around in that scene and I saw what she was wearing, that giant furry coat for no reason, <laughs> I think I I think I laughed so hard that like I might have been like, ah! I might have screamed a little bit. Uh, I was so happy uh, and so overjoyed. She looked like, um, I I think a a lot of other people made this comment, but I wasn't looking at Twitter because I was watching the episode a little bit later. But my immediate uh, thought was that she looked like Corella DeVille. Like she just, the, the bright red lipstick and the giant furry collar that's just literally trying to overtake her whole face. <laughs> like that's, that's you show up to, uh, to your movie premiere in 1945 in that coat. Like that's true. <laughs> that is a classic Hollywood, like um, no wire hangers ever kind of coat. <laughs> I was I was so happy. I was like, that's such a ridiculous thing to wear anywhere. So the fact that she wore it to work, to, you know, to just do the expense reports made me happy. (laughs) She's just trying to bring golden, uh, the golden age of Hollywood back, Morgan. She's just trying to bring it back. Let her have this trend. But yeah, so, so there was that. So we have our weird Lena Luther outfit of the episode. I hope as the season progresses, they just get weirder. That's what I really want from from this show. It's just like by the end of the season, she's just like literally in a full length ball gown with gloves on. And it, they're just like at a picnic. They're <laughs> at the company picnic. <laughs> There's no explanation for her outfit at all. <laughs> I mean, she looked great. She looked great. She was rocking that fur. <laughs> she was rocking. She's rocking all the off-the-shoulder uh, formal <laughs> ball gowns that work. <laughs> but it it was uh, unique. It was a unique uh, thing to wear to work that not many people would. But you know what? She's the boss. It's one of those only Lena Luther could pull off uh, looks. <laughs> That's right. She's the boss. She can wear whatever she wants to. So uh, I'm 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 glad we still have things that we can talk about in terms of her wardrobe. It's always <laughs> always a delight. Uh, and I guess we should mention something that I did not find particularly delightful in this episode, which is weird because I'm normally on the Monel sliding scale, I'm usually very mon positive. 
But this episode, Morgan, the scale went all the way down to the mon negative. The scale has has tipped, and and for most of this season, I have been mon neutral to mon positive. Uh, this is the first time all season that I was like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's mon negative. <laughs> so what? I I know what it was for me, and I'll get to it. I'll get to my reasoning. In a minute, but I want to know what in this episode made you some mon negative. For me, I'm not even sure if it was the character so much as the writing, because it just felt like a choice that they were making with that um, with that dynamic between uh, Monel and Kara and Imra, where when they first showed up, it was like, okay, well, it's been seven years for Monel. And he's met somebody else and they're, you know, superheroes together and they got married and he's moved on. Uh, and that's a story that I, I didn't mind them telling. I was like, OK, that's it seems, you know, there's drama there. It's awkwardness, but it, it, that's good. He's grown. The The story, the, the twist in this episode that like he basically married her for convenience uh, and also uh, because they need it to for like political purposes, and actually that love triangle that you thought was actually was probably not there. Oh, that's coming back. That's going to be fun for all of us. That was a bad moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> that when that started to happen, and I was like, oh no, oh no, the love triangle. If you can avoid a love triangle, like in uh, in television. In cinema, I would like to avoid it. Like, it's such a cliche. It's it, it's not... I mean, I've seen a million versions of it, and, like, 99.9 of them are terrible. And I just don't want to... Like, uh, for me personally, I didn't... I didn't 100% enjoy the Monel. Uh, I mean, shocking to everybody listening who's been listening to our podcast. But I didn't really uh, super enjoy the Monel and Kara stuff last season. So now I'm looking down the barrel of that coming back, <laughs> and I wasn't loving it. Well, I think the crazy thing for me is that there was no need for the love triangle. Like, they didn't have to write a love triangle. Monel and Emra could have been legionnaire friends. They could have all just been good friends who came from the future to help out. That's one way they could have done it. They could have, uh, if they wanted to make them romantically uh, involved. Emra and Monel could be boyfriend girlfriend. That could have been their dynamic. But they wrote them as being married. That's a bigger deal to me. Um, even if it is an arranged marriage, which I think is such a cheap thing to do. I think that's what made me angry about that writing choice. Is it's it's such um, a cop out because. Then if they want to get Monel and Kara back together, they can be like, well, he, you know, uh, Imer and I, it was always a, you know, a marriage of convenience. And so no one's really getting her. And that's like such a, such a cop out. If you're going to have two characters be married and you're going to have a love triangle, like you should deal with all the implications of that. You shouldn't try to be giving him a cheat way out of, uh, so that he's still a good guy. Yeah. And what I thought was so unfortunate for everyone involved, especially Monel and Emra, is that Monel tells Jean that, yeah, it started off as an arranged marriage, but I grew to love her. And in some ways, I think the show was trying to make that a bad thing, but he he told Emra that he loved her. We know that. 
Imra talks to Monel. Sorry, there's a huge, I guess, military <laughs> I jet going too. over my house. Uh, maybe that's the Legion ship taking off. Yes. They fixed the Legion they ship. fixed it. They're going back to the 31st century. Goodbye, you guys. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, tell Brainy I said hey, and that I hope we see him come back. Uh, but Monel <laughs> can stay in the 31st century. Um, uh, so what was I saying? So, so they both said that they loved each other. So Imra says that she fell in love with Monel and Monel says that he loved her and I I just for me I don't think I can buy that oh well we just uh we had to get married we don't really feel anything for each other cuz obviously at some point they did obviously at some point they did have feelings for each other and I just I would have so much more respect for the Monel character if he saw that through if he uh maintained some sort of loyalty to Emra. And I think what's so what kills me is that I have really enjoyed Kara's growth this season. Yeah. It's been really great to see, you know, because she was so heartbroken at the end of season two, and it was devastating to see her so sad. And for her to have to get over that, and she even talks about that at the end of this episode. She talks about how she's gone through the heartache and she's starting to get to the point where she's over it. You know, she's starting to move past it. And for her to get to that point and then find out, oh, well, uh, Monel and Emra aren't really, really in, you know, in love with each other. Maybe there's a shot with Monel. Like, I think that's just a big backward step for her. And I don't, for all of them, really. I also question that choice, just like narratively, to have. To have Kara kind of get to the point where she's come to a, a peace with it and then to reveal that, oh, actually, this is sort of a marriage of convenience and Monel is, is having feelings again just feels, I don't know, I didn't like it. Well, and, you know, I, I always kind of joke about how, you know, I'm a Kara happiness shipper. If Kara's happy, I'm shipping it. <laughs> but for me, I think the the caveat to that is I don't want to ship Kara and happiness when the happiness comes at the expense of someone else's happiness. Yeah, I think I would I would really struggle with that because I think that Emra genuinely loves Monel. I think she does. And so if she just stepped aside so that Monel and Kara could be together, I just ugh, that would just be. Uh, I'm sorry, this is going to sound bad, but it would be gross. It would be. I would not like that. I would not want to see Carl with Monel if it came at the expense of Emra. I just, I think that's a bad way to go about it. At a certain point, these are all story decisions that somebody made. Like he, like you said, he didn't have to, he could have come back um, with his, his good pal, Emra. He could have come back with his girlfriend, Emra, but they chose to make him come back with his wife, Emra, which kind of sent the you know, the the message that, okay, Kara is going to move on. Like, he has to, he moved on, she's going to move on. So, I don't, I don't know, like, why, I don't know. I, I, I just question all these choices that they, that they made. Like, if you're trying to get people who are maybe on the fence, and I know a lot of people like Kara and Manel, and a lot of people don't like Kara Manel. If you're trying to get people to buy into this relationship, why would you do it this way? Yeah, it just was so. Ugh. Uh, I normally I like Monel, but even that moment where Emma says, "Are you still in love with her?" and Monel he hesitates for a long time, like it, uh. felt, it felt like an eternity. And then he goes, "I don't know." And <laughs> I was like, "That's not <laughs> the great. That's not the answer." 
Monel, you that's I you know, I know you're trying to be honest, but that's not a good answer. I know. Even even Space Dad was like, "Here, I'm going to give you um a Space Dad talk," which I mean, you should be so blessed to get Space Hashtag Dad advice. Blessed. Hashtag blessed to get Space Dad advice. Uh, but I really liked the um, I really liked the that Jean scene that we got where he talks about you know his wife who he was married to for what was it like seventy five years seventy seven. Oh my goodness, yeah. And he was talking about you know that they they shared their minds so that they like basically they shared everything. Uh, and I thought he gave him good advice. You know, like it, you should you should be truthful. You should talk to your wife and maybe not snipe over you know the uh the legion ship instead like have the conversation that you're actually having instead of the conversation that you're having about a ship yeah i think he he did do a good job of trying to get monel uh to the point where he could share those things with emran i think at the end he does which you know that i can respect that he did open up with her and they did talk about their feelings and what was happening uh, I just I just think something is really sketchy. Like, I hope they don't do a thing because Emra says something about how she and Brainy had this, like, secret mission that they didn't tell Monel about for the reason that they came back to the past, which I guess is 2018. Uh, I I have this feeling that they're going to be like, we came back to the past so that so that you could be back with Kara again. I, I kind of forgot about that secret mission. And I, I, I hope it's not, I definitely hope it's not that. But I also hope it's not something where he can use that as a justification. Like, well, well, you lied to me. So, uh, you know, all bets are off kind of thing. It just feels like um, the story kind of ju- trying to justify his future bad behavior almost. And I hope that's not what it is either. Yeah, I just, I don't like it. I think this was the thing that we were dreading all season. Like, we did not want a love triangle. And that's yep. exactly what they have now given us. And ugh. and they were doing so well at, so at well. having it just be an awkward situation uh, that you know that that gave a little bit of a little bit of angst and a little bit of drama. But like it felt like it was actually a good learning experience for Kara to get through that and to become a stronger person. And now I feel just I I feel the undertow of that love triangle dragging me back out to sea, and I'm not. <laughs> I don't like it. And what I think stinks for me is that I was really enjoying getting to see Kara and Emra maybe become friends. When they went to Fort Roz, it seemed like they had each other's backs. And I liked that. I would have been really cool with Monel and Emra together and Emra and Kara finding a way to be friends with each other and for Car and Monel to be able to move on from each other but still maintain a friendship. I would have been over the moon about that. I think that would have been such a good way to do it. But yeah, I think I think we're heading towards major love triangle stuff, which is so weird because in season two, I swear they compared Monel and Cara to Romeo and Juliet. I swear they did. <laughs> I think they did, yeah. And that story does not end well for Romeo and Juliet. When they reunite, they're both dead. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great for them. And so it doesn't really, that comparison now doesn't make any sense. Because they're not this tragic love story. They're now getting back to the point where maybe they could reunite. So that doesn't even, that analogy doesn't even hold up anymore. I really just did not care for the love triangle uh, 
plot point in this episode. I really could have done without it. It, that that part of the episode did drive me down uh, quite a bit. I know. I'm hoping that they reconsider. <laughs> like, just just think long and hard about your about what you're about to do. Don't do that. You can you can still turn this ship around. Literally, you can still turn the Legion ship around and make <laughs> and this go. count. Yes. Uh, so we'll have to see what I'm just you know. Let's let's just uh you know see what happens. Maybe things will end up for the best. I'm trying to withhold my judgment. I'm trying to, like, push down that negative, uh, the non-negative part and just be like, it could it could still be okay, but it does feel a little writing on the wall with this love triangle, and I'm not not happy about it. Ugh, well, let's let's just focus on uh, world, world killers and... Uh, Lena Luther's coats. <laughs> Lena Luther's wardrobe and Kara fighting world killers. I can be about that. Uh, so, uh, since we've gotten over that hurdle, uh, Morgan, <laughs> what, what are your overall thoughts it, it, as a whole about this episode? What did, what did you think? I think besides the, what we just ranted about, um, <laughs> I really liked I really liked this episode. I thought it was a really good one. I like the I like the way that they're bringing in the world killers. And uh, and that sort of mythology, I'm interested to see. Um, there's two more, so I'm interested to see who they are. Um, I I like the the Sam and the rain the Sam Rain stuff. I I liked the Lena stuff. Uh, and and my, I think my favorite part was was just the 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 Car and Alex stuff. It's um we see this we see them so often being supportive of each other, which I think is great and like like really nice to see but every now and then when you see them at odds i think you i think that's also like a little bit refreshing and it's nice to have a little bit of drama and i like that it wasn't the dramatic them um, like dramatic conflict of them being really angry at each other but them just having sort of a different perspectives on how to deal with the problem um and and i really liked the way that 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 played out yeah i thought the uh, the danver sisters part was probably the highlight of the episode for me just to see how they overcame that hurdle and ended up working together i thought was really nice and i really enjoyed the kryptonian speaking in this episode oh uh, yeah pu- i thought of you immediately <laughs> purity and supergirl have some words i mean they have some words in kryptonian and it's it's kind of it's uh it's intense. Uh, Purity says the three will walk across the land and the blood of the weak will water the new world. Woo, that sounds that sounds uh, pretty dangerous. And I, I love that Supergirl's just like, I defy you. Uh, so it was it was pretty intense. I enjoyed seeing that. And uh, I, I did think that there was there were a lot of good things in this episode. The Sam Lena stuff was good. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing Ruby again. Uh, so there were some good things about this episode. I just it did uh, did the Monel stuff did drag it down for me. But overall, I thought it was good, and and the scenes and the the acting and everything was was well performed. So I got to give it that. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion. But let's find out what our listeners had to say about both sides now. Um, our first tweet is from at uh, geek underscore girl. Um, the episode's title reminded me of the Joni Mitchell song. So now I am sobbing in my office after having listened to said song. <laughs> That's rough. I knew that was a song title and I couldn't remember who the song was by. So that mystery solved. Well, and if you have never heard the song, it is now on the Supergirl Radio 
playlist on Spotify. So you can go check it out over there. At Jesso13 says, enjoyed the episode except for the marriage problems with Monel. I don't want Monel and Imra to break up just to put him with Kara. Lena figuring out what's wrong with Sam first, assuming she's right, isn't surprising and is yet another reason for Kara to tell Lena the truth. Seriously. Um, at Chris Fundalinski said, Oh, I loved Space Dad's advice moment with the moonshine. So do we think Lena truly realizes Sam is Rain, or is she just thinking she's suffering from a dual personality? It will be interesting if she brings in Kara and Alex for advice. Yeah, I, I wonder when she will, or what she will tell them. Um, at Enrique uh, V. B. Jr. said, interesting to hear that Monel and Saturn Girl had an arranged marriage, but it's obvious his feelings for Kara are back. My guess with Monel being seen in his comic book suit in the promos for the other CW shows, the true mission is is Imra and Brainy are taking him back to 2018. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be the worst. Um, at Mark HBPWM said, first, I loved Purity at Purity's actress's performance when she was going after Alex. Second, regarding the Corella DeVille outfit, I've noticed this week and last that people are dressing awfully warmly for a city that used to have palm trees. Hashtag National City, not Van City. It's true. National City is supposed to be a, a coastal city, probably on the West Coast. They have had palm trees in National City, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I, my only experience out West during this time of the year, I, I once was in the, uh, Los Angeles area in January one time and it was like 70 something degrees. I was riding around in a convertible with the top down. <laughs> so I, 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 you, you weren't wearing a giant fur coat. I was not. It was actually very pleasant. So <laughs> I think Mark's point is well taken. Uh, that's hilarious. I forgot about how it used to have, air quotes, used to have palm trees. It almost seems like it's Vancouver now. I don't know. <laughs> and not Los Angeles, <laughs> where they used to shoot this show. Strange. Um, <laughs> at, <laughs> at Patty Mello 20 said, good episode. I thought that was interesting how Kara was so afraid of purity that she asked Julia not to let purity hurt her. I don't think I've ever seen Kara afraid before. Also, I love the the fact that Jean is the head of this covert government agency and he is selling moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> well, was was he selling it? He, maybe he could be. I think he was just saying that the alien bar was selling it. What if he's like one of those those people who have their own like home breweries that they sell? Maybe that's what Marin is doing during the day at, at their apartment. Yeah. Maybe he's making moonshine. He's running the microbrewery. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Seal Stan says, um, Lena knows what's wrong with Sam. Nine weeks is so long. Great scene with Jean being this... The space dad, Manel, need it. Best part, Kara's line that we don't beat them, we save them. That's hope, help, and compassion for all. Um, and at Kaya Matsui said, I am pretending this Manel Kara sexual tension nonsense is not real, and they are not <laughs> actually going to, <laughs> and they are not actually going down this love triangle road. Bread L doesn't deserve uh, Imra either. Other than that, great episode. I can, I can't believe I have to wait nine weeks for more Supergirl now. Crying emoji. Do you understand the bread L term? I am not familiar with it. I think Brad L. It like refers to him being um, like 
boring. I think yeah, okay, like white like a, bread, like a slice of bread. Okay, like a just a like a just a plain slice of, of bread. <laughs> I think that's really derogatory towards bread. Bread is one of my favorite things. Monel, not one of my favorite things. So I I take offense on behalf of bread. <laughs> Although I'm not sure why people are not calling him Beard L. Yeah, uh, that seems like a missed opportunity. Um, for anyone listening to this, let's make that start happening. <laughs> let's take that. Let's take this back from bread. Bread doesn't deserve this. <laughs> oh, the tweets we're going to get from this episode. Okay. Um, at Stinko407, which is a great Twitter name, said, I know Rain broke Alex's leg a few weeks ago, but the fall through the subway floor should have knocked a normal human unconscious. But not Alex, who is apparently made of rubber. I don't want to see action movies. Alex Danvers. I know she is tough, but she's not inhuman. That's a. I mean, that's a fair point. But I mean, she's she's had some rough stuff happen to her. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it wasn't like a really, you know, it wasn't a, a big fall. Maybe it was just a little tiny fall. Maybe Alex landed on, and you couldn't see this, but it was just a pile of pillows. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, I landed right in this pillow store in the subway. <laughs> that's what it is. Head kitten accepted. <laughs> She's just incredibly lucky. Um, at B Miller one one eight seven said badass performances. Sam's story breaks my heart. It's exciting to see Lena kind of find out. Danvers sisters moments always have my heart. Um, at Yoda seventy six five forty seven said Alex definitely needs to be careful around Rain. She might need a bubble suit. Loved. Um, ooh, Chris Marshall and the sister interaction. Um, at Lu- uh, at Luther's. Luther's. Luther's? I, think, I think it's like a combination of Luther's and Danvers. That's a clever name, but also hard to figure out how to pronounce. <laughs> uh, at Luther says, as a mon- negative person last season, I've slowly grown to be a more mon- neutral person because he really does seem more mature this season, which I like. I feel like he's putting in effort to salvage his relationship with Imra, and I hope whatever she's going to tell him isn't going to ruin their relationship because they're cute together. I also liked Lena and Sam's moment at the end and Lena and Ruby seen at the at the skating rink. I hope that Lena figured out that Sam is Rain, but we all know her track record with secret identities. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. We still don't know if uh, Lena is just trolling everybody. She could be two for two right now. At CM C the glass hoe. Am I reading that correctly? That seems right. I mean, if that's if that's not it, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that seems right. Okay, they said, enjoyed this episode. I thought John was going to start rocking out to Lisa Loeb when he recognized the song, laughing emoji. That's really the only way that this episode could have been elevated to like an A++. (laughs) I think maybe that's his secret, that he is a huge Lisa Loeb fan. Oh my God. I think, I I mean, headcanon accepted for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At Eldu said, we know Rain leaves, but what if the Legion has come to kill her? Oh, that's going to create some drama with Lena. And speaking of Lena, aren't they supposed to be in SoCal? Why is she wearing that coat? I guess the genius who will probably help defeat Rain can do whatever she wants. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's Lena's world. We're all just living in it. 
Um, and uh, last tweet um, at Madtown Davison said, "When Lena showed up to find Ruby at the ice skating rink, looking like Corella Deville, do you think the other people there just assumed, oh yeah, that child is definitely being kidnapped? Time to call the police." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny <laughs> i wish that was true we don't know we did not see the follow-up scene to that somebody could have gotten on the phone and reported something to the police that was definitely like a disney villain outfit i think if you see somebody just randomly walk up to a child in that coat you probably should call the police <laughs> we're making it sound like it's nefarious but lena was actually very good with ruby i thought she was the person to call in that situation when your mom suddenly leaves mid-skate yeah <laughs> She picked up Ruby, and she calmed her down, and she comforted her. So I thought that was very sweet. Uh, well, we also have an email from Alex who writes, quote, Good to see Lena out of Catco and back at Elcorp where she belongs. Of course, since G- uh, since Lena was out of Catco the entire episode, there was no mention of James. Looks like the writers will once again have to find something new for James to do in the show. Now the big question set in. Does Lena really know what is wrong with Sam? And most importantly, will she tell Supergirl if she does? What I feared most has arrived. The dreaded mandatory CW love triangle angst is out in the open. <laughs> I knew it was coming when Monel had not just one, but two of his weekly can we talk moments with <laughs> soft music playing in the background. At least this week, his things are tough conversations were with people other than Kara, and uh, specifically, they were with Jean and Emra. And, um, Alex ends the email with, and John was the one who immediately recognized the Lisa Loeb song during the DEO raid at Purity's house, unquote. So, yeah, some of, I'm glad to see that we're not maybe the only ones who have had issue with the love triangle. Uh, we also have an email from Daryl who writes, I don't know what the real mission is, but ultimately what it amounts to, in my opinion, is just a way to keep Monal sticking around instead of going back to the future. I can't believe they went with arranged marriage. I am becoming more and more certain this show has no intention of putting Kara with Brainy. Well, yeah, we, we don't know that for sure. I mean, it could happen. I mean, this is only season three. I don't know if they've made all of their decisions uh, by now, but it—I mean, something could happen in, th- in the future. I, w- I would love for Monel to go back to the future, just because I think his—it seems like his place with the Legion is very important. He seems to be a leader for them, so I think it would be unfortunate if he if he didn't go back with them. Uh, we have an email from Gina who writes, "Quote: I love the idea of Alex versus Kara in approach." I don't know why they haven't really addressed it in earlier episodes, but I felt like the execution was off in this episode. It's like the buildup wasn't there, and so they had to take each sister to the extreme of the spectrum to get the point across. Yes, Kara has always been of mind that we need to give everyone a chance. It's what we love about her. But I felt like she was really pounding this home in the episode, almost to a point where it could grate on people. It obviously grated on Alex. On the other extreme, we have Alex, whose anger and cynicism felt surprising. The text from Maggie was the trigger, I know, but I wish there was more mention of the anger she was feeling closer to this episode. I'm not saying it came out of nowhere. I'm saying her aggressiveness towards purity slash Julia came out of nowhere. If she was to a point where she was just really worried about Kara going up against another world killer, I wish they showed a hint of it either in this episode or the one before. Despite this, the one great scene that felt more like Supergirl was the end scene with Kara and Alex. Something about it gave me all kinds of feels. I'm sure it was just the quiet exchange between the two or the fact that Kara was smiling, unquote. And actually, Gina, I think one of the things we didn't really talk about was the fact that Kara has told 
Alex about that vision that she had about the world killers and the fire, oh, yeah. the fiery landscape. So that could have also played into why Alex was really aggressive because if she had that knowledge of, hey, the world was burning, that could ma- that could make you maybe a little more aggressive towards these these world killers. Yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff going on with Alex, and and yeah, that that dream would would make me a little uh, give me a little pause. I think. Yeah. Uh, and our last email comes from a listener named Cynthia who writes, um, "Been listening to your podcast." since November and have binge listened to the previous podcast a bit of, uh, to get a bit of refresher on Supergirl and to pass the time at work. This episode was definitely up in the faves, but I did have an issue with the whole Alex versus Kara way of doing things as I was right there with Kara, confused as to why Alex was being so harsh. At first, I thought it was because maybe she was concerned with Kara from her almost dying when defeated by Rain. Uh, definitely didn't expect the issue to be with Maggie. But overall, the fight sequences and purity saving Alex to go with Rain were awesome. Also, I got a whole Bane versus Batman vibe when Purity looked like she broke Kara's back. Yeah, it did sort of look like that. It did look like she she maybe tried to break her back. That was rough. And thank you, Cynthia, for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed all of our previous episodes. Uh, I'm sure you enjoyed them uh, because we have a good time recording them. I hope you definitely listen to the Snapper Car episode. Oh, yeah. All-time faves. Very popular among the listeners. So if you did not listen to that one, don't skip it. That's an important one. Mandatory Supergirl <laughs> radio listening. Uh, but uh, I'm glad uh, that we help you pass the time at work. That's awesome to hear. And before we wrap up our feedback, we have some Snap Judgments sent in by some listeners. Yay. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Uh, so, Morgan, we have a, a, a bunch of these. Uh, so there's one segment from Fanny and another segment from Gina. So we'll start with Fanny's uh, snap judgments. Okay, so the first one, this one requires a little setup. Uh, so Fanny asks, An alien that has the power to switch the minds and bodies between two individuals attacks Kara. Kara is now in the body of Alex or Lena. So if Kara could switch bodies uh, bodies and minds with someone, should it be Alex or Lena? Who would you rather see? Well, first of all, may I say I want to I see this episode so badly now. So, um, <laughs> Fanny, I hope that you have sent this to uh, the CW. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm going to go Lena. I think Lena would be the more interesting one to see. I mean, can you imagine Kara and all of those uh, crazy outfits? <laughs> yes, I, I would. I mean, that would be worth it just for Kara to like walk into Lena's closet and be like, "What?" <laughs> just trying to find one thing that's normal in there. <laughs> so yes, we we need to have that episode happen. Okay, and Fanny also asks, which villain would you like to see battle against Supergirl? Lobo or Sharon Vance, who is also known as the Strange Visitor. So I I don't know much about a Strange Visitor, but I do know a little something about Lobo. So uh, Morgan, do you have an opinion on this? Okay, well I am deep into uh, their Wikipedia pages right now, <laughs> it, which by which I mean I'm just looking at pictures. Um, <laughs> who needs reading? Um, hmm. I mean Lobo looks pretty gnarly. Um. But uh, Sharon Vance also is blue. 
So, I mean, those are are two really um, important distinctions. I'm going to go with Lobo because he just seems uh, terrifying. And I would like to see what the CW would do to him. (laughs) Yeah, they did name drop. It was sort of name drop Lobo. They talked about a bounty hunter, but they didn't actually say his name. But they sort of referenced Lobo in an episode. Uh, I think I would uh, pick Sharon Vance in this one just because I would like to know more about her. And if she showed up on the series, we would do a character spotlight and I would learn something about her. So that's true. I think that's why I'm going to go for that answer. Um, so these <laughs> next snap judgments we have are from Gina, uh, Martian Moonshine with Jean, or Tequila Shots with Alex. That's rough, but I'm going to go with the Martian Moonshine with Jean because I think his is like a, you know, an artisanal microbrew. So <laughs> he takes pride in it, I think. I am actually going to also go Martian Moons- Moonshine with Jean. I'm not really a drinker, but that seems like the better choice for me. <laughs> um, the next one is off-the-shoulder Lena outfit in the boardroom or fuzzy-colored coat Lena outfit at the skating rink. Ooh, that's a rough one. Um, <laughs> because you know I love the, uh, the outfit that is inappropriate for its setting. I'm going for off-the-shoulder Lena outfit in the boardroom. Ah, uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to go with the fuzzy collared coat on this one. Good choice. Good choice. Uh so our last one, the most important snap <laughs> judgment of of the week. Um oh. you're really going to have to think about this one cuz this one is a little mm-hmm. complicated. We have three choices. Normally we're three only supposed options. to have two options, but this one we do have three. Um really really think about your choices here. Okay, so okay. Monel with Emra, Monel with Kara, or Monel in a space pod by himself. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not trying to be mean, but I think Monel in a pod by himself. I don't want to be mean either. And normally I'm very mon positive. Uh, but given the circumstances of this week's episode, <laughs> I am also going to choose Monel in a pod by himself. No judgments on your snap judgments. We are just like setting it, like like putting him out to sea, like putting him on the ice floe and just like letting it go out. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll, I'll keep Emra. She can. Yeah, we'll she, keep Emra. She can be friends she with Kara. Cool. She seems cool. I will keep her. But Monel, maybe he 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 learned some things that first time in the pod by himself. He came back better. And with a good beard. So if we put him back out there, who knows what improvements he'll come back with. <laughs> that, that's how his all of his character growth comes from. Exactly. Maybe that's his, uh, it's akin to Cat uh, Grant and her yurt. He needs to go to his own personal <laughs> yurt, which is that pod. <laughs> all right. Well, thank, uh, thank you to Fanny and Gina for sending in those snap judgments. Really appreciate it. Those are good. I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on this week's episode called Both Sides Now. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And now on Spotify, you can listen to actual podcast episodes on Spotify in addition to the awesome playlist that we have that includes music from the Supergirl TV series and all things about Supergirl. Uh, So definitely check those things out on Spotify. We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com 
forward slash DC dash fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And thank you to a user named Cloud the Westie for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I think we we considered maybe changing our from overall thoughts uh, to to maybe the uh, rating system out of five snaps. <laughs> we're we're going to workshop that, figure out how we want to maybe change our rating system. Uh, so thank you for that suggestion. Yeah, that, that review gave me a lot of joy. I was telling Rebecca before we started uh, recording because it has a, a really uh, solid Morgan Edge pun in there, uh, which is always a favorite of mine. <laughs> um, Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans and classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to the DC TV podcasts. Oh, you can subscribe to DC TV podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. I ch- I changed it around since since you mentioned it last time that maybe the the order was different. I made sure to change it for you. Hopefully that was a little easier to, to consume. It was. It was. I, I feel like um, I have to apologize. I think I got a little aggressive at the end of that list of shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no harm to Titans <laughs> or Krypton. <laughs> it's just how that came out. <laughs> um, so all of those podcasts are on the DCTV podcast mega feed. You can get that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get uh, your your podcast consumption, just uh, search for DCTV Podcast and you can actually get our big mega feed so that all of the podcasts are in that one feed. So you don't have to subscribe to a whole bunch of them. You can just get them all in that one feed. It's very convenient. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and Instagram at the Derby Kid. that's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkPride, that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. I really am going to get off my butt at some point and put some new videos up. I promise it's going to it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. Uh, but until then, I'm also a contributor to a JLU podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. Uh, still covering Wonder Woman and Justice League. So if you like those movies, you can check us out over there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, not Facebook. Oh, my God. I mean, you... I- Maybe you could, but I'm private. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I got confused with the social medias. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Legends of Tomorrow, uh, as you know, will be replacing, not replacing, uh, because who could replace Supergirl? It will be uh, warming Supergirl's seat. <laughs> while she's uh, busy flying around um, for the next however many weeks that uh, that goes for. Um, so you should maybe check out uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, what else are you doing? Supergirl's off. <laughs> um, we are, uh, our schedule is possibly still going to be a little weird uh, for the back half of this season. Uh, our first episode back, I think, is probably going to be a little bit delayed just because of scheduling issues. But you should, that's why you should subscribe because guess what? When it goes up, it'll just pop up on your phone. Hey, there we are. Um, uh, and so you can, uh, you can find me on my social medias. I just want to say I was, uh, I posted some pictures, um, from Phil- the heart of Philadelphia right after the Eagles win. 
Um, it was it was fun. It was exciting. It was a little scary. <laughs> I've never been so happy. And also, why are there so many fireworks in the streets? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the one of, one of the things that I've learned about uh, sportsmanship over the years, you got to act like you've been there before. The, the point was, we hadn't been there before. And so it's pandemonium. <laughs> but you, you, you have to act like you have been. Yeah, we should have played it off like, a, like whatever. Fine. We just we're just going to win this Super Bowl. But instead, that's not quite how it went uh but it was it was a really it was a really cool experience so uh hopefully not once in a lifetime but it kind of felt that way um but but really neat i i think i posted like a couple of instagram stories where it was literally just people chanting and also like a fire in the background (laughs) (laughs) that was the vibe in philadelphia (laughs) on sunday well it sounds like a lot of fun but also sort of terrifying uh but I'm, i'm glad you survived uh, to tell the tale of the Super Bowl. That's actually very exciting. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've been to national cha- like college football nation- national championship games. Yeah, I've never been to a Super Bowl either. I was, because uh, they, they played in Minnesota. You were just there, the hometown. I was just in the city of Philadelphia at my friend's house. And, and once they won, uh, everyone just took to the streets. <laughs> well, it was a community gathering. Everyone wanted to celebrate together. It was, yeah. Well, that's actually really cool. Very cool. Um, well, that's going to do it for this whole episode on the ep- uh, on the Supergirl episode called Both Sides Now. And unfortunately, since we don't get any new episodes of the show until April 16th, I know that's a long time. Uh, so we don't have a spoiler section this week because we don't have anything to talk about. Uh, but don't worry about the hiatus, though, because we at Supergirl Radio will be putting out new episodes of the podcast to get you through the hiatus. We're going to get through this together. I promise. Uh, So until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And like Alex, we're glad Kara is the way that she is. (laughs) 